Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Cultural Guys is a weekly podcast by Igiano Donardo, Gianni Delacoli, and myself, Nicholas DiGiovanni. We want to bring Cultural back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at The Cultural Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The intro song is Fireworks by Jazar. A week in which myself, Juventino, Idriano, a Milanista, and uh, Gianni, a Romanopoli fan, we got to celebrate together. And there's only one team that could do that. It's uh, it's the Azzurri here on the Calcio Guys uh, with Adriano Donato, Gianni Delacoli. I'm Nicholas Di Giovanni. How are you guys doing? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, what a day for us Milan fans, but uh, what a bigger day for the Azzurri fans uh, as we saw a big performance uh, on Labor Day uh, here and uh, couldn't be happier. I'm doing I'm doing very, very well. It, it was a great uh, Labor Day Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. We, uh, I, I, you know, we watched the game together uh, with the Azzurri, and um, I, yeah. I told you guys then it's like uh, considering the three of us like different teams in, in pretty much every single sport. Uh, <laughs> it's the only time we could actually get together and cheer with our friends uh, Franco and Francesco, um, yeah. sitting in uh, on uh, the patio outside on the patio table. Mm-hmm. Put a TV on the table and we ate pizza, uh, and uh, we were safe, obviously. Um, Okay, we're, we'll we'll start with the Azzurri, because we'll talk Milan a bit later, uh, with uh, Sabrina Belmonte. Um, yeah. Big big day for Milan fans, obviously, with uh, Tonali officially signing. Um, yeah. Milan swooping in from from Inter to, to sign him. One one thing I'll say about Tonali is that you know just looking at uh, you know a couple of the pictures that he's you know Milan's posted a couple of the, a couple of the interviews like 
this guy looks young. You know, he doesn't look like like I would give him like 17, 18 years old, to be honest. I don't know if that's a good thing. Like he looks super young. You know, he's he's what, a year younger than Donnarumma? If I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, I believe he's 20. I believe he's 20. Actually, I think he might be younger than that. Let me double check. Uh, hold on. No, you think you're right on the 20 thing. Hold on. He's a, he's a year younger. He's born May 2000. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, Meanwhile, Donnarumma looks 27 already. <laughs> and, that, and and his deep voice that doesn't do him justice neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, first of all, the Azzurri uh, against Bosnia. 1-1. Pretty disappointing draw. Now Lorenzo Insigne to roll it back for Sensi! Deflection, Sensi's goal, and Italy level. Nothing, uh, yeah, I mean, they, it was the first time the Azzurri played together in, like, what, 10 months? Yeah. Pretty disappointing with everything uh, considered. A 1-1 draw at home. They, it, it almost reminded me of uh, he who uh, must not be named of his days. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. Don't even get a start. Don't start with the letter V, by the way. I just want to say that. Point the clever nickname there. It ends in an Uda. It ends in an Uda. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't say that name anymore here on the podcast on the Coucher guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, disappointing result. Uh, I mean, it was great to finally uh, be back with uh, you know the international international play. Uh, you know, with the, with the national team that we we all three of us uh, you know love and. Um, I didn't get to catch really all the game. I, I was at work. Uh, I managed to catch the goal while I was on break, so I, that was one plus. But uh, on the sensi goal there, but uh, yeah, just you know, sloppy play. It wasn't uh, what we uh, you know we had such high expectations and high hopes, but uh, I think the gameplay kind of just fell flat uh, and kind of crushed uh, crushed our our spirits a bit. But uh, you know, they didn't lose. They did get the draw. Um, you know, couldn't uh, extend that unbeaten streak after you know eleven uh, straight games there. They committed twelve, but. Um, you know, it was a disappointing result with that one point. Uh, I, you know, I, they say, you know, you rather the point rather than the loss, but it almost felt like a loss, just how the team uh, played overall. I know it's uh, it's been a weird year, uh, you know, from club play to, to international play to canceling of tournaments uh, or postponing of tournaments and, and, and what have you. But, uh, yeah, no, I just uh, – I, we would have obviously liked the, the win, but I think the draw, you know, will take it and run and – uh, we did run uh, with it, and uh, after the game against Netherlands, uh, I mean, yes, it did suck that we didn't get a W from that. But Italy's also been undefeated in the past two years now, and that continued that streak at least. So, I mean, mind you, the competition that we faced wasn't really the strongest. It wasn't there were some games that obviously were harder than others. So, uh, I mean, I was happy with at least a draw. I mean, not happy, but. Like at least we got the draw because uh, a loss to Bosnia would have been it would have looked very bad on the roster and on the team, uh, and plus I think it would have maybe shook up some things. But um, it just goes to show that even after a very long break from COVID, from uh, not play, like even though they played in their league games not as a unit, it showed that they're still uh, meshing very well together, which is a great sign because uh, uh, going into uh, Euro 2021, you don't want your team to look weak going into it you know so they still look like as if they're on form which is always encouraging to see and i'm happy about that yeah and i think they still got uh next international break i think it's two nations league games plus a friendly and i think yeah i think they do that in in november too so usually usually on these breaks it's only two games 
and I think in those it's uh, it's three, so it's good to see. But I think I think if there's one positive to come out of that game against Bosnia, is is we saw just how bad Federico Chiesa played. Like this guy does not deserve a starting spot with Yajuri. Like oh, here we go. No, no, no. But seriously, guys, come on. Here we go. But you know, put your. I know you guys like him. I know you guys like him, but. He he was this guy. This guy he needs a GPS when he gets in the box. He's so lost. Like Johnny, Johnny, Johnny loves him. I, I like him. I think uh, what it is is we expect so much from him because you know we know. Well, at least I can say for myself. You you know I know he has uh, talent and and, and he, he is a good player. But it's just the consistency and uh, performing in, in in you know big moments and and. Uh, moments that count obviously you know it's it's nation's league uh, you know call it as you will you know they eliminated the friendlies for this type of tournament but uh yeah i think for my myself i could just say it's like i expect so much and uh and i know johnny expects the world for from him but uh you know when he falls flat it sucks because uh, you know the media eats uh, eats that up and uh it, it shows on the pitch johnny, johnny I, definitely looks like he has something to say I mean, like players are allowed to have bad games. You can't always be on form all the time. Remember that? What was it? Last year? I'm sorry, my camera's a bit dirty. I'm just cleaning it up. Uh, last year what was it Bernadeschi had like a very terrible uh, Nations League game where he was just not be able to. Ha- he wasn't able to handle the ball. Couldn't even get a shot on target. It happens. Yeah, I honestly Bern- believe that's Bernadeschi every game. Yeah, but you used to argue at one point that Bernadeschi was better than Chiesa. Remember that debate? Huh? Huh? And now all of a sudden. Oh yeah, that debate that we had. A while, uh, yeah, whatever. You have, we had that debate where like, oh, Bernadeschi's better than Chiesa. Now Bernadeschi's no longer in the conversation. Or Salini takes precedence over Bernadeschi right now. Just think about that. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think maybe just Chiesa just had a terrible game. I, I don't think it's fair to judge him based on this one game. And even uh, this game versus uh, Netherlands, you know, he didn't even play. So it's like, okay, well, maybe he didn't like he didn't even get a chance yet to either redeem himself. Or show that he's really not showing up for games. So uh, I don't think we could pass judgment yet. I just think that maybe he just had an off game. Well, he came on. He came in on the end uh, against the Netherlands, and uh, I think the ball came. To oh him. yeah, but like the last four minutes, it's true. But it was like yeah. the last four or five minutes. Like, I, you can't I, really base a game off four or five minutes. Thanks for I, the correction. I, I completely I, forgot about that. I think the ball came to him like three times, and he made four mistakes. Like he couldn't even clear the ball properly from the box. <laughs> I think Nick is mad because I talk shit what? about Bonucci on Twitter. No, for the no, 10 I don't minutes care about that Bonucci. I watch Bonucci. I'm not going to defend Bonucci. That's for you, they sure, but uh, we know he's the, 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 twer- the twerking king of the city, yeah, so. Uh, twerking you, king? Where, <laughs> where, where is this from? His bum, oh, okay. his bum, his bum defend, his bum defending, okay. literal bum defending. Okay. Uh, Fair. But against the Netherlands, uh, what, what a fun game to watch. It was a whole new team, and, you know, I think it was. Uh, the seven changes that they made, the, the new wing backs, the new mid, the I think I think for me the the new forwards made the big difference. You know, starting off with Zaniolo and uh, and Immobile instead of uh, Chiesa and Belotti, I think made a big difference. They were playing the ball up the pitch, um, you know, vertical ba- passes a lot more than horizontal passes that they were doing doing against uh, Bosnia. And you know, obviously Immobile didn't score, but he he was creating chances. He was holding up play. Beautiful assist on that uh, Barella goal. Barella, by the way, yeah. five foot eight. He split between the six foot four Virgil Van Dyke and five eleven Nathan Ake. Okay, uh, yeah, that's embarrassing if you're Van Dyke and Ake. <laughs> like, like that's Serie A versus Prem, and us Italians, we got we we love seeing that because you know we're gonna use that picture. Did you guys see that picture by the way of him heading yeah, between those? Beautiful. Two? 
We're gonna use that picture in any argument against Prem heads now. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, that. I mean, like you said, Nick. I think uh, you know the forward uh, changes. I, first off, I think uh, Mancini put on his glasses. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he put on his glasses uh, for for the lineup uh, against the Netherlands, uh, whereas he didn't have them. It seemed like when he when he uh, t- uh, selected uh, the game against Bosnia. But uh, jokes aside, I think uh, yeah, I think Immobile. I needed to get in there. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan, and uh, Zaniolo uh, also uh, looked good. But just the, the overall team, like you said, the passing. Uh, you know, they were just uh, they were just moving the ball well. Uh, you know, it's they were moving it around. Uh, you know, one touch passes. Uh, they, you know, they found each other on the pitch, found the space. But you know, uh, in between the Netherlands and uh, yeah, no, the the goal the goal was fantastic. I I didn't wasn't expected to be Barella, but hey, you know, we'll take it uh, any day of the week and. Uh, you know, the only for me, the only damper, and I think everybody can probably say this, is is the Zaniolo injury. Uh, oh you know, God. before halftime, there it's it, it's it's one of these things where uh, I don't care uh, what team you support, I don't care who you follow, uh, or or what players you like or dislike. Uh, when you see something like that, another ACL injury in the same year uh, for a young uh, for a young kid, uh, you know, or any player for that matter, is is just it's just sad to see. Um, and, you know, it just for him when we, he went down, you know, we, we were like, OK, you know, he, he got up, he, he was walking off. But, uh, you know, with the, these knee injuries, it's it's very they're very particular. And, um, you know, we did get the confirmation that it was another ACL tear. And it's for me, that was like the one uh, downer uh, on, on the game. I mean, I think that was probably the major downer probably for most people. But, uh, yeah, it was just it was just super sad to see for Zaniol. We just, you know, we're all with him uh, here and, uh, you know, hope for a speedy recovery, not even a speedy recovery, just a full well, uh, you know, good recovery and uh, for him to become uh, back stronger. And uh, I, I hope for the best because, you know, he is one of the, you know, the future stars of Serie A, the Italian national team. And uh, yeah, I think uh, he, he's crucial going forward. Uh, unfortunately, I, I missed it because I was helping clean up. So I, yeah. like, I went inside and I was like, and I was like coming out like, well, guys, what happened? Like I was all like, I thought something good happened. You're like, is anyone was injured? I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, like at least, I mean, like that wasn't a super good thing that he was walking on his own because it's never a tell, uh, tall tale sign. That's but hard to tell with these injuries. Yeah, but but I agree with Adri on the point that it, I don't wish a speedy recovery. I actually wish a full recovery, uh, especially if um, like Roma Twitter was really mad. And I'm 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 mad as well because it, if you looked at the amount of uh, ACL injuries in the past five six seasons, it was something really high. Like it was 20, I think it was. Yeah, it was like twenty. Yeah, nineteen to twenty one injuries. I think twenty one. Roma. Just with Roma in the oh, past five six shit. seasons. So uh, either two in the same year. Like that's it's it's ridiculous. I think either a. Uh, well, I mean, I would think. I mean, it just goes to show that maybe your uh, support staff and your medical staff is just incompetent in actually uh, helping these players recover and come back. I think that they actually should, like Friedkin coming in, like he sh- they should, like he should actually like observe everything right now and notice this fact and be like, okay, yeah. maybe there's something behind the scenes that's causing this issue. So uh, I honestly hope that uh, they don't. Just like, oh, yeah, psh, you're good to go type of thing. Like, no, let's actually properly take this time. And even if it means for him missing a year, it's going to be shitty. But in the grand scheme of things, what is one year loss compared to, like, another 15, 16 seasons of a career? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, especially, like, with, knee, especially with a knee injury. Like, uh, in, yeah. in, in pro sports, I mean, knee injuries are one of the worst injuries. Or, you know, up there in one of those 
particular injuries that are just, uh, you know, career damaging, it could be. And especially in cultural, you know, you, your, your knees, your ankles, you know, you're, you're making these sharp cuts, uh, the runs that these players make uh, at such a high, you know, speed. Uh, you know, you, you, you screw up your knee, uh, you might screw up your career. So, again, we hope nothing but the best and, uh, and a good recovery for Zaniolo. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to see him back on the pitch. Uh, I think at least for, for him, it was his left knee this time. And the first yeah, knee exactly. that got injured was the right one. So, at least it's not the same knee. Um, you could look at it another way. He's got two bad knees now. I mean, it's better than rupturing the, the same, knee, same knee twice, in, in my opinion. You know, um, it's just it, it it's just unfortunate. It's it's yeah. really bad I'm luck. Lucky. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. You hope full recovery because when he's on the pitch, he's making those electric runs, and he's he's one of Italy's best young players. And and you you don't want him to be you know that player we talk about in ten fifteen years. Oh, what could have been if if it weren't for a knee injury? I know I know it sounds cliche, and we like to make. Uh, you know, jokes of like guys we meet in uh, like St. Leonard saying they would have made City A if it weren't for knee injury. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, the classic, yeah, if it wasn't for my knee giving out, uh, I would have made it to the league, you know? Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, at least but with Zanioli, he's already in uh, the City A, right? That's uh, it, exactly. Perfect transition now to another young player that uh, that I think we're all excited about uh, Weston McKenney with UV. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> 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 a big it's a dream come true. Dream come true for him too. American yeah, yeah. dream. Uh, Sandro Tonali. So we're going to ask uh, Sabrina about it in about uh, 15 minutes. We're going to ask Sabrina about it. But before we ask her, we're going to ask you, Adriano, since you are our um, our designated Milan fan. If uh, yeah. if uh, that's what you actually are, I've seen I've seen you with uh, with the UV uh, scarves guy. in the past. I'm pretty sure. This guy. <laughs> this guy, this, this guy, this, uh, you're lucky. You're, you're lucky. You're in an, uh, you're in another house. Uh, I, I would come over and, and kill you. No, I'm joking. But uh, down the streets. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll come run over. But uh, no, jokes aside. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm fucking super pumped. I mean, I, I said it. I remember. Uh, you know, we've been we've been discussing this topic before, even if it was on the pod or just you know with uh, you know with the meal club Montreal that I'm a proud member of and. Uh, or just other people, you know, I, I remember when we were talking to uh, to our friend Alex Dono, uh, he was saying, you know, Inter, you know, with Tonali, it's, uh, you know, they got, uh, you know, these agreements, this and that, I'm like, listen, he's coming to Milan, uh, and I think it would be the best fit uh, for him, uh, you know, all things considered, and, uh, you know, finally, you know, we got to, we got to, the great news today uh, for us Milan fans that it is official, he, he's, uh, you know, his dream is coming true, uh, you know, the team that he supported as a kid, and uh, I, I like the move. I think um, you know it's it's about time where you know uh, Milan is making uh, you know serious uh, positive steps forward. Uh, you know to to rebuild this team and to get them back to hopefully where you know they once were. And uh, I don't think Tonali is going to be the the sole uh, you know representative to to bring Milan there. But you know slowly, slowly, I think uh, you know moves like this uh, you know show uh that, that they are serious that this project has uh some sort of a vision and uh no it's it's honestly great um i know uh, all of me on twitter all of you know me on fans around the world are pretty happy about this it's about time we get a young star a young italian star uh in the lineup so um and i think it just you know it just again it made sense the the fit uh for you know if, if you would go to inter i i didn't think you would crack you know, crack the lineup. Maybe he'd probably sit on the bench, even with Juve. Juve does have, you know, uh, you know, problems in the midfield. But would he get to start right away? Maybe not. Uh, who knows? 
you know, Napoli, I, I kind of like the midfield, how the, how it already is. Uh, he could maybe be an upgrade over certain players, but, um, and Roma the same. I mean, I don't know, maybe Roma would be another okay, uh, you know, uh, fit for him. But I just think um, from, you know, the love of, uh, of Milan that he has, uh, you know, just the, the fit that he can slot into the, to the midfield, um, you know, with, uh, if it's Kessi, Benacer, uh, maybe Bakayoko, if he comes back, uh, I think that dynamic, that rotation is is good, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's all these factors coming together uh, to make the move possible, and uh, I'm super happy. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the move, and not in a, not, I don't mean this as a critique on Milan, because obviously getting Tonali, which is the top rated uh, Italian prospect right now, is obviously massive for the team. He's going to wear the number eight for Gattuso, and he says yeah. that's his idol and everything, and I totally yeah. understand that. But aren't you placing some underlying pressure on your mind with that? Like, psychologically, there is an effect there. Uh, it's like, just think about it. There's, just place yourselves in, in your favorite team, and, you're, and you have an idol from this team, and now you're going to wear his number on the field, right? Yeah. And then you, you have that psychological whisper in your head saying, can I play as good as this guy? This guy was my idol. Can, yeah. Like somebody who I always thought was the best of all time in this position. Can I even reach that level? Now, so now obviously being a professional player, obviously his psychological game is much stronger than all of ours combined. Yeah. But I'm just saying like that still forms some kind of pressure. And that's, I just hope it doesn't um, restrict him from playing through his full potential. That's all. I think. I think. Uh, well, it, it was him that chose the number, right? And he, you know, he, yeah. you know, he There was a call that he, you know, that he made to Gattuso, saying, uh, you know, if he, if he can, if he can, uh, you know, have the honors to, to take that number, and and obviously that is the case now. But uh, I think I think it shows a lot of character for for a young kid, uh, you know, to take on that pressure on himself. He has a lot of balls uh, to do that because, like you said, Johnny, it's you know when uh, you know you try to you know emulate your your idols. Uh, and, and you know heroes growing up, you know it's it's a lot of pressure, especially in, in Milano. It's a uh, you know that uh, that piazza is a, is is a hard piazza to play for. The the, the shirt is a heavy shirt uh, to wear, and uh, especially with that number on the back as well, and, and you know the badge on the front. So uh, I think it shows that he's willing to um, elevate his game and to and to really uh, you know be mentally uh, strong uh, going forward and. Uh, you know, kudos to him, and I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, you know, in the Rossoneri colors. Uh, I think uh, the only number that uh, puts pressure on in Milan, uh, as long as you're not wearing the number nine. Uh, <laughs> the number <you're> nine. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, transfer season in full swing. Uh, Inter. It seems like they're getting they're getting any wing back possible. Like <laughs> like they, they they just see a guy that's available that's wing back. Okay, we're gonna get him. You know, they they, they yeah. got Akimi. They got Kolarov for the left side. Um, yeah. I like that move for Inter to get Kolarov disappointing for Roma. Roma's been really quiet in, in this window. Uh, Napoli Napoli made some moves uh, in the winter. They, they also got uh, Ozimhan, um, our, our good friend, or our, one of our favorite players on this show, Giac- uh, Giac- Giacomino Mio Bonaventura. Uh, Max uh, Allegri's son went to Fiorentina. Yeah. Um, Juve's made a couple of moves, you know, Artur McKinney, but uh, overall pretty quiet. Jacko Suarez, they want a number nine, but it's been like two, three weeks that they've been wanting number nine, so we're going to wait and see on that. Benevento, yeah. they've been making moves. Caprari, Lapadula, Glick, uh, Yonita, uh, uh, you know, experienced City I guys. Um, Atalanta got P- uh, Piccini from Valencia, Christian Romero from Juve, Miranchuk from, uh, 
from Lokomotiv Moscow. He scored against Juve yeah. in the Champions League. Uh, Lazio, uh, pretty quiet, but they did get uh, Muriki. Um, give me, give me your guys like uh, your your the the biggest movers, the best. Uh, who's won the transfer market so far, and and the biggest losers at the same time. Wow. Um, well, I mean, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to to judge because you know the officially the uh, the, the mercato went low, you know, just really opened. Uh, so it's or it's about to open or whatever. But um, it's it's kind of hard to judge. It was a lot of moves that were made. Uh, you know, the the free transfer of Pedro to to Roma, I think, is a, is a, is a nice little move. Uh, I've liked what Atalanta has done. Uh, you know, with these uh, defensive, uh, you know. Upgrades, if you want to call it that, uh, Piccini, uh, you know, is a good, is a good, you know, wing back, and probably could slot into Gasparini's plan. Same with uh, Romero in the back and Miranchuk. Uh, maybe plays left back, if I'm not mistaken, or he is another wing back, I, I believe. Um, I kind of like those moves as well. I, I'm, I'm going to be biased and, and you know, say Milan just because I think, you know, the, the official signing of Tonali, uh, bringing in uh, Brahim Diaz. Uh, who's you know seems like a little bit of a, a Spanish spark uh, you know on the wing uh, you know should be interesting to see if they can you know pull off uh, Bakayoko coming back. Uh, so yeah, I'll probably be biased with that. Uh, I can't really judge too much on Lazio because I don't really know this Muriki uh, you know player too much, and they've been kind of quiet. Uh, obviously, you know the David Silva uh, you know news and rumor uh, you know broke uh, after that and fell through, but. Um, Napoli, I, I like Napoli too. OC Man looks very, very exciting. I know there are certain, uh, you know, our, our friend uh, Rafa from Farvin Vesuvius, a big fan over there, and uh, our boy Petania too is over there and finally arriving after, you know, his COVID scare as well. So I think for their attack, you know, OC Men and, and Petania, if, if they can get themselves in a rotation there with, you know, Mertens and uh, if if they, if they let go of Milik uh, or they keep Milik, uh, you know, he'll be in the rotation as well. So, uh, I'm excited for those teams, uh, and you know, can't really judge the teams that haven't really made too much uh, too much moves. Um, like the market, yeah, obviously it's still not over yet, so it's really hard to pinpoint a winner. Uh, Inter bolstering up their backline is very nice. I actually like the move that Napoli did because it's a great marketing move in OCMM because. Like like Nigeria founded its first ever like Napoli fan club there, yeah. and I think he's building a brand, Yolantis, and he has to because he he needs to uh, kind of grow globally in order to find success with the team. Uh, if um, if they lo- if they sell Koulibaly, which it's looking like it could happen, it'll suck, and I think it's gonna probably make them more of a loser in this trade in this uh, in this market because you're gonna downgrade tremendously. But you do it. You did expend a lot, so it's you have to balance it out, or else FIFA Fair Play is just going to come down. Actually, an underrated move that Milan did that I find that is actually not spoken of as much is keeping Ibrahimovic. That I find, especially with the young roster that they have, that's a very big thing. So yeah. I would have to say that that's a very, very big thing for them. Um, as a loser, uh, honestly. Roma, I mean, like, I don't like the fact that they got Pedro. You just, you move laterally. You're not really addressing the big issue for the team. You're you're trying to fill in spots that 
already overfilled, you know? And if you lose Zeko, then, okay, great. Now you have to replace a star striker, like a star, quote-unquote star. Like, he's no, he's been our... Player. Yeah. yeah, he's been our most consistent striker and one of the most consistent players of the team in the past, what, three, four seasons, maybe? Um, yeah. he's, he's always been the guy that Romo was able to call upon to get those game-winning goals, and he has. Um, and if you lose him, yeah, you... You know, you're not going to get much from him. It's not about the value. It's just you lose him. Now, what do you replace him with, you know? And especially with Zaniolo being out, now you're, uh, you really have nothing up front. You, Pedro is just a lateral move. He's not going to do anything like what Zeko did. Uh, you have Under, who's, as we like to call him, Underwhelming, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he just sold Schick for $25 million, which is nice. But, That's good. You know, yeah, but the, but the the options are getting thin, in my opinion, and uh, we'll have to see what Freakin does. But so far, it's not looking good this offseason for them. I'm a huge fan of what uh, Benevento has done. I think they're that, that one promotion uh, club where uh, they got a bit more money than the others. You know, finishing first uh, in City B by quite a margin, too. They already have the talent. They have a great... Uh, great coach and people in Zagi and you know and they're, they're going out and getting experienced Serie A guys uh, I know we, we like to talk about the teams at the top and if we're going to talk about the teams at the top I, I like what Inter has done I like what Atalanta has done too um, I, I feel like Mirancha could, could be a, a real solid player you know uh, the next like Malinowski or something um, uh, and then you know good to see Piccini come back to Italy after so many years in, in Spain and you uh, yeah, but uh, overall, I, I really like um, I really really like Benevento. Uh, losers, uh, I think the two the two Roman clubs they've been. I don't think they've done enough. You know, I think for each club in their objectives, they need to get to the next level, and I don't think they've done enough. You know, Lazio they they challenged for the Scudetto last year, but they 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 fell because they didn't have enough de- enough depth, and yeah. and they haven't been doing anything in the market. Uh, Roma, you know, they, they want to challenge for Champions League now. Uh, maybe it's because of the change in ownership and everything. Sure, Pedro's a nice little addition. Uh, is he going to be a starter? Probably now because of uh, because of Zaniolo's injury. But, um, yeah, I think the two Roman clubs just haven't done enough. Uh, and then before we get to Sabrina, um, normally, normally we do our yellow cards and red cards of the week. I think I could speak for everyone. Uh, all right, yellow card, red cards, and we do for MVP. Since there wasn't actually soccer, um, we'll give we'll give a, an MVP. And I, I think you guys will agree with me here, Mihailovic. Yeah, guy beat uh, leukemia and COVID in uh, yeah in the past uh, past year or so. So uh, yeah, he, he gets our MVP, and and the guy's looking like a stud. Eh? I saw a picture of him Yo. at Bologna training. My my God, if, if this guy. If I saw this guy on the streets and he told me, like, what to do, even if, you know, anything, if you just, if, if this guy just looked at me in the eyes and just told me anything, I'd listen to him 100%. Like, <laughs> like, that that's a scary looking guy right there. And, and you wouldn't know he, he just beat cancer and, and COVID too, so. And COVID, uh, it's, MVP it's crazy. Right no, no, I, yeah, MVP, definitely, I think you said it well, Nick, and uh, just, uh, you know, you look up Warrior, you know, in the dictionary, I think his name pops up, and. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, he, you know, we saw the battle of, of leukemia and we were like, it, it was a sad, you know, thing. And, uh, he got through that, he fought through that. And then, you know, COVID hit him and we're like, you know, this guy can't catch a like a break this year. It, it's, it's, you know, 2020, it was bad for all of us, but you know, just if you put yourself in Mihalovic's shoes, 
uh, you know, it was even worse uh, than that. So, uh, but he, and he fought through that. So it was, it was great, uh, great news to see him back in Bologna. You know, he, he, through all this, he was still Bologna's uh, manager and, uh, I think they love him there, and I think he, you know, he loves uh, what he's doing over there, and we wish him honestly nothing but the best uh, going forward. And uh, yellow card, uh, you guys agree with me? This one we'll give it collectively, collectively to Mancini for uh, <laughs> game one, for, yes. for getting his glasses. That was, are you kidding me? And how does that? <laughs> that's, that's, I swear that's... to God, only in Italy, Nick. Nick, I remember Nick was said it. Only in Italy, <laughs> this type of shit happens, where you know this gets out in the public in the media. A that Mancini didn't have his glasses. Exactly, but I know. But just like, just like the mentality to say something like that, it's like no shame, no whatever. Like he doesn't like it. Does it just? It's one of those things only in Italy that this type of stuff would happen. That you know, while well, you're making the selection, oh, I didn't have my glasses. I tried to be started over, uh, Chiellini. <laughs> but uh, no, even if even with that mistake, I think uh, you know it wasn't that mistake uh, that really you know cost them you know maybe the win, but. Uh, yeah, the collective uh, yellow card or or maybe red card uh, for you know for Mancini's uh, not wearing his glasses when he's supposed to. This is definitely uh, yeah, going to be another I'm okay with that too. It's just it's ridiculous. You know how do you defend yourself from that? Like <laughs> it, it, normally, if you say that to a, why were you late? Ah, oh, you know I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it's my like keys. Your boss, like oh my alarm, I didn't put it on, so that's it's my it's, uh, that's why I'm late. Okay, well why don't you do why don't you do your homework? My dog ate it. Like yeah, it's <laughs> one of those it's, things. It's, it's ridiculous. Me- Oh I think God. I think back in November 2017, he who must not be named forgot his brain or something. When the, he was I don't know if you ever had it. I don't know if you ever had it. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll take a short break. On on the other side of the break, Sabrina Belmonte from Play by Play Podcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Back here on the Calcio Guys with uh, Adriano DiNardo, Gianni Del Colli, and myself, Nicholas Giovanni. Joining us this week from uh, from Toronto is uh, Sabrina Belmonte from the Play by Play podcast. Sabrina, how's it going? Really good. How about you? Pretty, pretty good. I know. Not bad. I know uh, you Milan fans are happy today. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's because uh, Sandro Tonali finally signed. He had his medicals today. And I think uh, I think that's the talk between the, you know, Rossoneri fans and, and I think City fans in general. And and you as a Milan fan, 
Oh, I, I'm forgetting our I, I'm forgetting our typical first question, but I'll ask you about Tonali first. I'll ask you about Tonali first. <laughs> what what uh, what do you make of that move? I think it's really smart, and it's really encouraging to see more and more young talents want to come to Milan, and especially that Tonali had the opportunity to go to Inter, who. I mean, right now, let's face it, Adriano, they're they're at a better place than we are. And uh, I know they probably dropped off their interest, too. So it's not like he had to completely choose between the two of us. But to see that he would prefer to come and play for Milan, it's encouraging. It's nice to see. And it kind of feels like for the first time in, what, a decade, we actually are building something here. Absolutely, Sabrina. I think uh, I think you nailed it on the head. You know, it's... Uh, for him, dream come true. I, I said it before you came on, and uh, it's it's great to see that you know, uh, like you said, attracting talent, attracting players, and people you know players want to come, and I think they you know they believe in uh, this small project that's uh, that's going forward. Uh, you know, with uh, with Maldini and and uh, you know the Pioli staying on that coach, and, and you know all the guys up top and upper management. Uh, you know, going forward, so it's exciting times, and I and I totally agree with you, but. Um, the, the Tonali news was so big that we had to ask that you do that first. But uh, to move on, we ask pretty much, uh, I think, every guest that we have on, on the show, uh, you know, how they became uh, the fan of their, of their club, uh, you know, their team, and, uh, you know, how they f- fell in love with Calcio. So uh, if you want to tell, uh, you know, us and all, the, all our massive amount of listeners uh, <laughs> how you became a Milan fan and uh, how you became a fan of, of the beautiful game. Yeah, so definitely because of my dad, him and his brothers and his dad were massive cultural fans and you know every Sunday watching the games on Rai and uh, listening waking up to the squealy di tromba and just <laughs> being able to watch all of that <laughs> yeah my my dad has always been a Milan fan his whole family is Milan fans and just growing up watching culture with him it was just something like I just fell in love with the club because it wasn't even something that he forced upon us it was just sharing that with my dad was really special and now it's just, it's just such a huge part of my life, and it's still something special I enjoy with my dad. Especially being a proud member of Milan Club Toronto, I can imagine, uh, you know, you brought it uh, to another level. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, the the squilly di tromba. Do, does Rice still do that? They play some of the games, but it's still that awful standard definition quality it's so bad with with the jazz music in between yes. intermission and stuff i remember as a kid honestly watching it with my no no and just like yeah mid game and, and like, the whole show goes even worse because there's another you know action going on and, picture, picture in picture good shit man good shit uh, well, uh, I'll move on to our first question because uh, we got a lot of them. So uh, the first one comes from AC Milan Digital from Instagram. What do you think of the Milan Mercato so far? I think it's brilliant. I think all Milanisti need to honestly stand up and give Maldini a round of applause. I know he's not the only one that's responsible for it, but when he came in, everybody thought that he was just going to be there as you know, a poster boy. They just wanted him back at the club to make it look like, look, everything's great. Maldini's back, but he's been putting in the work and the players that they brought in. And I know everybody's upset that, you know, some of these are loans like Brahim Diaz, but the end of the day, we need to get back to the champions league. And even if we have these players for the short term, once we start improving and getting back to where we used to be, then we can attract other talent. So I think, 
that especially compared to what happened in the Yong Hong Lee era with just buying a whole new team of players and some of them were older and whatnot. This was a really, really, really good strategy that they had buy players or loan, get players on loan that are young, that have an upside and do a little bit at a time so they can gel together. So it's not just a complete shock when they get on the pitch. Yeah, I totally, I to, again, Sabrina, I totally, totally agree. I think, uh, you know, the Maldini effect, uh, you know, uh, you know, works, uh, you know, when Maldini comes calling, I think, you know, players, uh, you know, players see that and it's like almost like a dream come true, even if they're not a defender, you know, if they're an attacker or midfielder, whoever it is, you know, when a legend like Maldini comes calling and comes to see you, uh, to, you, know, you know, interest uh, that we have interest in the club uh, for you and whatnot, I think it, you know, pays dividends and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we don't burn him uh, like all the other legends we have, but... <laughs> Um, another social media question. Like Johnny said, we had, we got a, cu- a couple of them um, from a good friend that uh, over at uh, Serie A Scout, a uh, great page on Twitter. Um, they, he he asks uh, Milan now have uh, depth upon depth in the mid. How do you see Pioli lining up? Uh, he also asks. Um, also, they are still linked with another mid uh, in Bakayoko, uh, Sumare, and uh, Luis. Uh, who would be your preference and why? Uh, I don't know if you know those other players besides Bakayoko, uh, and if you want, if you want, if you do comment, uh, if not, uh, you know it's okay. Well, I think that Pioli has no choice but to just go with what has been what has been working since the lockdown. Like we had a good thing going, and I know it's gonna everyone's gonna want to incorporate these new players right away, but we had players that earned their spot, so. Benacer, Kessie, they earn their spot in the midfield. And I know yeah. we would love to see Tonali just waltz in and start playing, but we're in three competitions this year. The Serie A is what is ultimately really important to us because we are trying to get that top four. So I think for the Serie A, he needs to put in that that main lineup that he used post-lockdown. Um, even like Castillejo, I think he's earned his spot on the right. You slowly start introducing Diaz or, you know, incorporate salamakers as you go but why mess up something that's not broken you know let him continue where he left off um but as for the other players i don't know the other two too well but even still i think i think bakioko depending on the price if they could get the the price a little bit lower or salary a little bit lower i think that would be brilliant because he knows the city at he knows the club, and it's not that different from when he was here the last time. If anything, it's more stable than when he was here the last time. I definitely would like to get him back. And what you were saying about when Maldini comes to call, he did that interview that they said, like, who's the who's the best contact you have in your phone? And he said, Paolo Maldini. Like, he <laughs> loves Milan. He loves the fans. He loves the club. And I would love to see him come back. Uh, Absolutely. You, you said it... Uh... You said it before. Milan's playing in three competitions, and and the object, objective is top four, and that actually is uh, the start to one of our questions on Twitter from eight six eight Milanista. He wrote exactly that. Milan's playing in three comps this season, and the and the objective is top four. Um, he says uh, Paqueta has scored five out of, five out of thirteen goals in the preseason. Uh, with Milan's lack of depth, is it wise to sell him? And if they do, do you do you do you see them getting a replacement for Paqueta? Uh, for Paqueta, and how much of an impact will a, a replacement have? 
I don't know. Paqueta, like as much as I was excited when he came, I don't, he's just never settled in the Serie A. I think, I think he's talented. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that he's not a talented player and I would hate to just offload him, but I don't think he's realized that he has to adjust his playing style now that he's playing in Italy. And it is different as much as we like to say, it's not, it's different league to league. Every league is different. I think he, he, is a flair player. He is a creative player, but if he's going to be in a role to showcase that, the role that he has to play is where Chelanoglu's playing right now. And with how good he was after the lockdown, I don't think he's losing his starting spot. So if we keep him, I think he has to just be the backup to Hakan. And if we don't, I honestly, I don't know who's going to take him. They're going to, they're going to want to try and at least break even with him. And I don't know who's going to want to pay that much money. So I don't I don't see yeah. him going anywhere, but might as well give him a run out in the Coppa Italia. Like every Coppa Italia game, play him. And maybe he'll be able to prove himself a bit, get on some other club's radar. And then maybe you can get a little bit of money for that. Yeah, I've seen a bit of reports uh, with Lyon. Uh, interested, I don't know how true or not true it is, but... Uh, I think for Paqueta, he just needs to be. On, he needs to get on the field, right? He needs. He needs those playing time. Yes, he had it in spurts. You know, he. You know, he didn't really. He kind of disappointed a bit, but uh, just consistent. Uh, you know, run of play. Uh, you know, on the pitch, uh, I think is something that he needs and hasn't entirely gotten uh, since you know joining Milan. So if he can get a real shot and then maybe disappoint, okay, then you know it's it's merited that you know he probably should leave, but. Uh, if if you don't get a, a solid opportunity or you know more than one, whereas we've 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 dealt with uh, you know Hakan's uh, bad play for God knows how long, <laughs> and then he only finally broke out uh, after post lockdown. So if we could do that for players like that, I think uh, Pakata deserves another chance, and uh, he just needs uh, needs playing time. Yep. Uh, speaking of player that is going to have maybe some issues with playing time. You touched upon it a bit before, but I'm going to tie it all back because we have this question from In the Name of Football podcast. Uh, they said that they heard a lot of great things about Tenali, like everybody's been discussing. But, <laughs> but, they want, but they want to know, in your opinion, how good actually is he? How far do you think he can go? I think he's phenomenal. I think people are just automatically comparing him to Pirlo, but I don't think that's a good... I mean, nobody's going to be as good as Pirlo, but... He's not just like Pirlo. Pirlo wasn't too athletic of a player. He was really good with distributing the ball, so he didn't really have to be that athletic of a player. But Tonali isn't just like he's he can't he's he won't just have to be confined to that regista role. Like he can go and play. He could back up Kessier. He doesn't need to be the backup to Benacer. That kid can run, he's physical, and that's why you see he's he said multiple times that Gattuso was his idol. Like you can see shades of Gattuso in his play. He'll go and he'll fight for that ball, he'll get it, and then he'll make a nice pass to one of his teammates. So I think that if we don't put too much pressure on this poor kid, like Pirlo's praised him, Totti's praised him, all these you know, legends of the game are praising him. I hope it doesn't go to his head. I hope he just you know, head down, keeps working. And I think he could be, if he wants to stay with Milan, he could be the cornerstone of that Milan midfield for like the next 10 years. Absolutely. I think, uh, again, Sabrina, you've been nailing everything on the head this evening. I, I don't know, your, your analysis is great, but 
um i think uh i think no i think you are right i think you know he has maybe uh, the look of look of Pirlo, but he has uh you know the grinta of gaduzo uh but i don't care you know who you want to compare him to if he can uh you know gel those two playing styles together in his play i think you know we got a you know we got a real gem on our hands and uh an exciting player on our hands so um but uh there we had a funny question by uh, the the great uh Presidente Marcello, they are Milan <laughs> called Montreal. Uh, we we want we want Marcello, you know, great guy, uh, great president over here in Montreal uh, for the Milan club. Uh, but he asks, uh, and this is really directed to you, Sabrina. He's like, uh, what is Sabrina's <laughs> preferred weapon of choice to spank anyone who will compare Tonali to Pirlo <laughs> and put too much pressure on the kid? Uh, so you kind of you know a lot, you know you kind of started with that, but I guess you can elaborate. Uh, he he lists belt, wooden spoon. Ashkob, uh, Ashun, <laughs> or something, or something else. Maybe another random item that uh, you know somebody you can probably pick up from your kitchen. Uh, what would you do, Sabrina, and uh, and why? I think he's is he asking me this because I'm Calabrese and he knows I have a temper. I don't know, but, uh, whatever it is, uh, he's asking it, and I think he means business. So, uh, so, so, what uh, weapon of choice are you choosing? <laughs> okay, Presidente, I'm going to use a slipper. You know, this the slipper you could just kick up in your hand and then just oh, whip yeah. at someone. That's my weapon of, of choice. Oh, I, I know that slipper all too well. My God, yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a permanent mark on the back side of my head. I think I don't know. Uh, I, I think you have but, a mark uh, on the inside of your head, Adriano. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the guys, guys, no insults. It's, it's Sabrina's on. Let's all be nice. And then, boom, Nick comes in with the insult days, right away. Some days, uh, I, think, I think you're right, Nick. Some days, I think you're right. But so, Sabrina, you're going with, you're going with the slipper? Yes. Okay. And uh, so, so why? Just because easy access? Yeah. And practice. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Excellent. Uh, we got another question from our friend Joseph from Cultural Fan Blogs, uh, another Toronto, Toronto uh, native. Uh, th- th- this one's more for th- he specifically said for for both uh, Adriano and Sabrina. Uh, I-, I guess we'll start with Sabrina. Who are your your favorite Milan players, uh, past and present? Um, obviously Maldini, definitely. Um, I know a lot of Milanisti won't agree with me on this one, but I love Pirlo. I don't care. What the hell he said in his book? I love him okay. to death. Um, and present, I love Romagnoli, that kind of silent leadership type. I've always had a lot of respect for him. Um, oh, there's so many now, like that. If you asked me this question a few years ago, I would have probably said no one but Gio. But um, between, okay, I'll limit it to four: Romagnoli, Gio, Benasser, and Castillejo, because Castillejo's work rate and just like his determination on the field i love him no absolutely i think um <clears throat> for myself uh to ask, answer joseph's question um you know just you know we said time and time again but uh you know 06 uh you know brings great memories for the national team and uh you know on that team there was you know quite a quite a few uh you know milan players uh and that's kind of what got me you know into into calcio into you know loving the national team loving milan you know the players uh, you know, like Pirlo, uh, I'm, I'm a Pirlo fan as well. I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't like to see him in, you know, in white and black, but uh, I always know that he accomplished more, uh, you know, with uh, with the red and black. Uh, so for me, yeah, Pirlo, you know, is in there. Uh, Gattuso is another name. People in Zaghi. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, I, I only, I'm, you know, I didn't catch all of the 
uh, Maldini glory days, but uh, you know saw a bit maybe near the end. And uh, I think any any Milan fan can say Maldini as as a, you know a role model or just you know great player and a player that you respect. So uh, so yeah, players players like that uh, for sure. Uh, and the Nestas too, also just those players like in in that in that era that we kind of you know came on to the cultural scene, uh, you know our idols and and you know uh, role models. So and now present, uh, I'm a big fan of Gijo. You know he's the guy. I, I think you know we need to keep hold of him. Uh, I guess maybe Ibra too. He's kind of past and present. So if you want to name one guy, I think he's the guy. Uh, you know just. Just uh, his will and you know his uh, you know confidence and just what he brings to the pitch is just it's it's ridiculous and uh, yeah so I would yeah I would probably include uh, yeah Ibra Jujo uh, Benacer Frank the Tank uh, Kessi uh, you know these are these are players that are I think are crucial for the team uh, I think Naltonawi might add to this list now going forward uh, but yeah those those realm of players uh, I'm a fan of Romanoli too. Uh, you know, I, I do think sometimes he needs to elevate his game, but I, I, I am a fan of, of him. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that whole flurry of, of players that I named uh, would be on my list. Uh, so we've seen, like, Milan in the second half of the season, if you want to call it a second half. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams, and they, they climbed so much, and they were performing very well. Now, going forward, where do you, where do you think Milan is going to finish this year? That's or where are they going to well, I think Johnny cut out. Yeah, Johnny cut out. Got Kato. it. Hello? Yeah, Johnny's still there. But that was, uh, that was a question, by the way, from uh, from B2O from Genoa, CFC Canada, by the way. Shout out. About where they're going to finish? Yeah. He wrote, where, where where are they going to go this year? Well, I hope they're going to Milan, but but yeah. Where they're... <laughs> I also hope no, they're going to Johnny. Where, where, where are they yeah. going to finish? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, it's so hard because it's so, the top half of the table is so talented. Like, I feel like if before Sadi got fired, I'd probably say, "Eh, maybe Juve won't win it next year. And I know a lot of people think that because now Pirlo's new, he won't. But I honestly think that getting Pirlo is a good thing for Juventus. So I think Juventus is still going to win it. And I think... Atalanta and Inter automatically have a top four spot. They like they haven't done anything that would make me think that they wouldn't get there. Lazio, I'm a bit iffy about this year, but there's still Lazio, Roma, Napoli. There's so many teams that I don't want to jinx it. So I'll say Milan will finish in fifth. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, Listen, it, I think it, uh, it, I think I don't want to jinx it. It's reverse yeah. psychology, right? If you jinx fifth, it means uh, you're gonna my... get fourth. All right, so we have our final uh, question from our listeners coming from a good friend of mine, Alex Kutras. Uh, he asks, which club do you think will surprise you this season with relegation? Like, uh, in terms of going down? Getting re- yeah. relegated? Yeah. Yes, getting relegated. Which, like, It's easy to predict who's probably going to be the top three. Which team that the you think three. is going to be in the bot- bottom three? And like, which one do you think is going to be probably the most surprising one? Oh, I was, was going to say Genoa, but that's not surprising because they've been just hovering <laughs> above the drop for the last two seasons. But it, I don't know. For me, I just think how how can you do that for a third year in a row where, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say, I'll say then, I'll say Udinese. Because if they might lose DePaul, oh, I don't know what's going to happen to them. That sounds like your surprise pick, uh, Udinese. Yeah. 
he goes to Leeds, I think they're really going to hurt from it and they might go down. Interesting. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's, if I find with DePaul, it's, it's one of these things. It's like, you know, it's not that he's always on like the, you know, the way out, but like he always seems to stick around. So I, I don't know if he'll make the move. I don't know if, if Leeds is a, is like an, I mean, I don't really know Weeds too well, so I don't want any uh, people, you know, coming down. Oh yeah, Weeds is better than Udinese or whatever. But like, I don't know if it's like an upgrade of a move for him. So, uh, you know, tell me that you know he that you know Juventus was interested, or and he might go to Juve, and okay, yeah, that's you know it's an upgrade for him, and uh, you know maybe he can show something, uh, you know, on a bigger club. But uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you know Udinese would be a shock pick. It seems like they are. Already, always are you know near the near the bottom too. But uh, if we just before we get to another question that I had, uh, if you want to do like the flip, like how do you think the promotion teams are gonna are gonna fare? Uh, you know, come uh, come next season. I think Benevento might surprise and and maybe stay up, but okay. I don't know. I think Crotone and Spezia it'll just be a one season trip and they'll be going back down. But I think Benevento, like I mean. Pipo Inzaghi has had a kind of turbulent start to his coaching career, but I think he's got a good thing going there and it seems like they're trying to actually invest in players. So might just be by the skin of their teeth, but I think they might be able to stay up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I think so too. I think we've all had that. Well, actually, I don't know if they're, I mean, it's, it's always hard with the relegation teams to predict and, you know, people in Zaghi seems to have a good thing going on in Benevento. We spoke earlier in the episode, uh, you know, how they have uh, some new additions coming in, uh, some, you know, Serie A experienced players that are coming into their squad. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think I think that is a good shout. You know, obviously a big achievement for Spezia, you know, first time in Serie A, uh, Crotone back after a couple of years. And, uh, it, you know, it would suck to see them go down so quick, but just for them to be in Serie A, I think, is, is an accomplishment. Uh, but before, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, before we let you go, um, we started the episode uh, with this discussion. I guess we'll we'll close it off uh, with this topic as well. We spoke about the Azzurri uh, earlier on in the episode. Uh, you know, their, their Nations League games of Bosnia um, and against the Netherlands. Uh, I don't know if you caught those games. Uh, you know, what do you make of the Azzurri in these two games? Uh, you know, Mancini's maybe squad selection and, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about uh, you know, the continuation of Nations League and uh, on to uh, Euro uh, 2020 slash 2021. <laughs> well, against Bosnia, I feel like he did that classic thing that Italian managers like to do, where it's like, let's just take it easy here and go for the tie, which I think is an awful idea because that's what got us into trouble a few years ago because we weren't taking a, uh, like matches seriously. But you could see he he was definitely saving his players for the game against the Netherlands, and it it paid off. It was a great game that we watched on Monday. But I just think he can't use the 4-3-3 formation if he's going to have Immobile as a lone striker. He just I, I rate Immobile. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he does well if he's there as a sole striker. And you could see he was like, drifting to the left side and trying to cross in the ball. But it's like, we don't need you to do that. We need you to score. But if he's going to be our man going in, we need to we need to set him up for success. So I think we'll have a really good chance at the Euros if Mancini could make his squad fit around Immobile and get him playing. And like if we could have someone setting him up like Luis Alberto does... I think that yeah. Italy's going to do great in the Euro. If not, it's just going to be another disappointing where we kind of scrape through the group stages, if that. 
and just have like a disappointing loss because we can't score goals. So is that a two striker formation for you, uh, or who's that guy that's gonna that's gonna bring Immobile's uh, play to the next level? Well, everything's everything's all screwed up now because we don't know what's gonna happen with Zaniolo. Yeah, which is sad, but it's just there's there's not a lot above the under 21s in terms of strikers. So either Mancini has to go and find someone from the under 21s or he has to play. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is now because everything's so different with Zaniolo being out. Because if we could play with, you know, even Zaniolo just playing, not that he could play a striker, but just playing behind Chiro, I think he would he would not only score goals himself but i think he'd be able to feed him those balls that would make him successful the way he is at lazio but i, I don't i don't know i don't know and what I, it's going to look like now and i argue that's probably zaniolo's best position to play as the as right behind the striker yeah. yeah like he's like the games that i've seen him play in that big, he just dominated and he was yeah. fantastic and he's got that speed and energy so that's why like i think he's i, I mean like sure on the wing he's still effective but i think Right behind a striker is probably his Un- best position. Yeah, he'd be unstoppable there. But two ACL injuries. I mean, I hope the kid comes back the same. Like it was impressive the way he came back after the first injury. But yeah, I mean that's a rough thing to come back from. So hoping for the best because if he can get to where he is and reach his potential, oh my god, I think him and feeding Chiro the ball. Pff, we'll see you guys in the finals. <laughs> so you're here to hear first uh, on the culture guys <laughs> sabrina if if zaniol comes back for euro 2020 2021 whatever you want to call it uh we'll, we'll see it'll be in the final but uh you know like we say to every guest we really do appreciate it uh, sabrina for you coming on uh to the pod tonight uh with all the you know the mishaps a little bit of technical difficulties uh, your patience uh, we, we definitely applaud and we definitely appreciate uh where can all our listeners uh and, and followers find you uh on social media you can find me mainly on Twitter at uh, SabriB10, just tweeting about stuff, not looking to get into any arguments, but that doesn't mean they don't find me from time to time. And um, you can find me and my sister Lisa doing the play-by-play podcast or just at play-by-play pod one on Twitter. Beautiful. And uh, again, we do appreciate it. And uh, where you can find us, uh, you know, it's always the same uh, at the cultural guys on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook as well. Catch our podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, next week for another episode of the cultural guys. And uh, at least at least the, the, despite the mishaps, we still had our glasses on this week. That's what matters. Yeah, that's what matters. <laughs> not, not a la Mancini, not a la Mancini. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Ciao. Bye. The Cultural Guys is a weekly podcast by Adriano Donardo, Gianni Delacoli, and myself, Nicholas DiGiovanni. We want to bring Calcio back to its roots in our communities and share stories from around the world about why we're passionate about the beautiful game. You can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, including Spreaker, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Mixcloud. Give us your opinion on social media at The Calcio Guys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. The outro song is The Last Ones by Jazar. Yeah.